Listener Production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, I'm buying petrol yesterday. Right. And needs uh, to be done. Yep, go on to... I go haven't got the, the electric car yet. I know, I wish I could. Tell you what, wish I could have the all-electric. Wish wish we could run cars on laughter. <laughs> Tell you what, because you, listening to Matt and Alex all day breakfast, have a full would tank. be spluttering along <laughs> a little, in a little bloody, I don't know, a little uh, billy cart. Anyways, <laughs> buying petrol. Yeah. Um... And the lady asked me, um, you know, what number are you? Yep. Turned around. I said, oh, number one. And I thought, yeah. Yeah, it's the little things. What? That's the story. You know, you ever just get a little boost of like, do you ever just get feel a little, <laughs> just a little okay. like. <laughs> are you telling me the story? <laughs> the whole story is. You got petrol yesterday and you were at the number one Bowser. Yeah, I felt a little proud. I like, I felt proud. I was like, yeah, number one. I was like, yeah, I'm number one. <laughs> that's what, Literally, that's what went on in my head. Is that, psych- is that psychopathic? While driving your absolute lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. The car that's broken down three times in the last couple of months. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's the little things. If you don't appreciate the little things, Alex Dyson, you can't appreciate the big things. All right, well, that's that's all good. Um, thank you very much for joining us. I promise some of the stories will be better uh, the deeper you go into this podcast. Uh, we're going to be chatting to an insider, an anonymous tell-all insider who happens to be a train driver, okay? So all these stories that the public doesn't usually get to hear, we're going to be hearing about that. Uh, we are also got an interview with uh, one of the gentlemen behind this group. Wait, are you a cop? <gasps> That's right. Oh. Rap yes. from The Meeting Tree is going to be joining us. Uh, they've had this song... I pay my tax and I hate myself a little bit uh, uh, in there as well. They got nominated for an ARIA. They got relatively big, Matt O'Kind. But, you know, with music and stuff going on, relatively big, particularly in Australia, you've got to have a, a side gig. And um, Raph's one is quite interesting. So we're going to be joining him to find out what's exactly been going on in his life. And first things first, Matt, the big news in Australia is a lot of really devastating floods is going on. Before, before the insiders, before we talk to Raph, we're going to cross to Port Macquarie to check in, make sure the people of Port Macquarie are okay in the mid-north coast and surrounding areas getting so much rain. We want to make sure things are going all right there and just, yeah, hear what it's like on the ground. Yeah, that's right. This is All Day Breakfast with your number one and the old mate of Bowser 15. Let's get stuck in. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Yeah, Matt, this week some really, really terrible pictures coming out of the mid-north coast. New South Wales absolutely copping so much rain and it's been tough every single day <laughs> so far knowing that's like, oh, and there's more rain to continue. It's mm-hmm. it's kept coming. You've been in Sydney, which is relatively um, okay with it all. But yeah, seeing some of that mid-north coast stuff has been really, really horrific. And so we thought we'd check in, make sure everything's okay, get a few stories as to what's actually going on on the ground and we're going to cross to Port Macquarie right now. James Preston is joining us from there. Hello, James. Hey, g'day, mate. G'day, Alex. How you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, James. Look, uh, I was in Port Macquarie 
literally, you know, a weekend ago. It was such a beautiful, sunny weekend. It's so shocking to see some of the photos that have come out over the last few days to see some of those places just completely underwater. How, what's it like being on the ground there? Yeah, I'll tell you what, the photos don't really do it justice. You, you take a walk down through the Port CBD on, on Short Street and Hayward Street where all these major businesses are, Coles and finance places and things like that, and they're underwater. There's sandbags at the front just trying to stop some sort of water flow from coming into the business. The southern end of the street is basically connected to the river at this point, and you've got major devastation sort of around the outskirts of Port Macquarie too. So towns like Sandcrox and, and Warhope, a little further to the west, they're pretty much totally underwater, and, and Rawdon Island itself is completely underwater. We've had two houses wash away there, and a little further south as well in Taree, uh, we had a major house which basically lifted out of the ground, and then uh, the two people that were living there, they were actually having their wedding day on the Saturday when the house went. So it's been pretty oh. crazy stuff for so many people. Have, have you have seen any things that you just think, I cannot believe my eyes right now of what's going on? Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much time you might have spent up in Port Macquarie, but as you go along Hastings River Drive there, which is obviously right near the water, there's a bunch of beautiful restaurants, such as a, a big oyster farm restaurant. There's also Whalebone. Um, so a lot of very popular places there. Those are completely underwater. So usually you can see mangroves sort of coming out there. Well, the mangroves are gone. Um, completely submerged. Can, yeah, completely submerged. Oh, my so, goodness. Wow. We're looking at things like when the high tide comes through, um, the water level around certain places is is up to about a metre, metre and a half above the land height. So it's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, a bit further north in Telegraph Point, there's that famous photo that's been doing the rounds of people drinking in the pub and, and the water is up around their waist. And that's pretty much all the way through the town. That's not just in the one spot. Um, also up north in Kendall, we had an entire cafe just completely demolished essentially by debris moving mm. through. There was about 50 kids that had to spend the night in the school because they couldn't go home either. So it just, everywhere you look, it's just been pretty harrowing scenes. There's been a lot of devastation and obviously it's really hard for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I was <clears throat> looking at some tweets by a producer from the ABC called Matt Bevan. He was trying to get home from Port Macquarie or dr- at least driving along the Pacific Highway, but it was completely blocked off. Even the detour that Google was taking people on was also completely blocked off with uh, flooding. And so he had to then make a round trip back up to Port and stay the night where he said there was 90, like 99% occupancy full of all, you know, in all the accommodation. What is it like having, I mean, are there lots of people who are stuck there? Are you noticing truck drivers and motorists and this influx of people? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, mate. I think the other night, over Saturday, we had 200 SDS rescues in the one night, which is just incredible kind of stuff. We had the Westpac helicopter also airlifting people. Uh, we've had flooding on the Oxley Highway, which sort of connects Port Macquarie to those outskirting towns, such as Thrumster and Warhope. And then obviously on the Pacific Highway, that's where we've had plenty of flooding there. So, yeah, there's a lot of people being displaced. And there's also obviously the concern of uh, supply issues too. So a lot of the IGAs up here, they're run by Hastings Co-op and they get a lot of their supplies from Metcash, which is based in Sydney. So what we found with them is that a lot of the dry goods, the canned goods, those trucks can't get through because the water is just so deep on Pacific Highway that fortunately we've been able to turn to a lot of local providers who've been providing fresh groceries and some meats and stuff. But, yeah, a lot of the dry goods aren't getting there. We do have a lot of people that are looking for housing. Um, but the one thing I have noticed, which has been brilliant with this community, because it has been a community that's been through so much in the past 18 months, is that a lot of people have been stepping up. They've been offering for people to stay at their houses. I've seen 
at least 10 different posts on the various social media groups up here of people offering free stays at their house or Airbnb and, you know, bringing food with it. We've had Tandoori Kitchen, which is one of the Indian restaurants up here. They've been feeding emergency services personnel and, and flood people for the past three days now. So they've put out around about 400 meals. It's just been awesome how wow. everyone comes together. Yeah, well, you're still in the midst of it, James. So we will let you get back to it. But what do you what do you see as far as you know the cleanup goes? Is, is it tough to look further than than right now when the, the waters are still extremely high? Uh, what, what's the talk in the town as to how Port Macquarie will be able to recover? Yes, I think that the SDS and the council's got a serious cleanup on their hands. Uh, if you have a look at Town Beach, there might be some photos online floating around. But I would say there's probably at least four or five tonnes worth of debris on that beach alone. There's just enormous logs. There's almost no sand. It's all covered in, uh, in you know, giant logs, giant sticks. There's all sorts of things that have been washed up as well. We've had cows. We've had animals, unfortunately, that have passed away in the process, so they'll need to be cleared out. I'm thinking it's going to take several weeks, potentially months, to get back to where we were beforehand. And in towns like Warhope and, and Kendall, I can't even imagine what the level of destruction is there. I'm sure it's in the billions, to be honest. Um, moving forward, I think, you know, the, the entire town has sort of pitched in. They've looked to help out where possible. We've had volunteers all over the place. Uh, big shout out to Rampage Marine and Fabrications. They've actually started an entire channel, essentially, of water distribution. So getting supplies to those cutoff points like Telegraph Point and Kendall, where you can't access by car anymore. So that's been something that's been going on for four or five days. So I think it's going to be a, a real community effort. We'll have plenty of volunteers, we'll have the SDS, we'll have fire and rescue, we'll have council. But yeah, I think it's going to take a couple of months at least. I mean, it's incredible. It sounds absolutely devastating. And uh, you know, our thoughts are with everyone who's going through it. Thanks so much, James, for letting us know how it's all going. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing you on the radio tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, guys. And look, always happy to help out and, and let you know what's happening up here. And we appreciate the concern. Yeah, pass on our best to everyone, James. We really appreciate you chatting to us. Catch you later. Thanks, guys. And shout-outs to you if you're listening from a flood-affected area, obviously wishing you the absolute best in this uh, really difficult time. And, yeah, pushing forward to the future. You can see the community spirit around there always strong when something like this happens. So hopefully uh, the rebuild happens sooner rather than later. Uh, thanks so much to James Preston for joining us. Let's keep moving on with the show. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Juicy goss from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's insiders. Insiders. Oh, Matt has come to that time again to check in with our person on the inside. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be scanning our opals uh, <laughs> or our go-karts Mikey. or our Mikey's. Oysters. Um, Oysters to uh, get a little inside peek into the world of public transport and in particular on today's show, train drivers. That's right. We've done many industries in the past. Real estate was a big one last week. Oh, um, they, oh, blew the they, lid right off it. They fired some people up in our messages as well. And today is one for all the commuters out there. Our anonymous train driver correspondent joins us right now from the station. Hello, anonymous. Hey guys, how are we? We're good, thank you, Anonymous. Now, uh, let's get started. How long have you been driving trains for? Um, for nearly a year. Ooh, so Ooh. still relatively fresh to it, which I fresh like. Fresh out the station, eh? <laughs> That's Beca- right. Because 
I think when you walk into something, you go, oh, that's a little bit weird. You haven't been desensitized over the years to think of something as very normal. So hopefully we'll get a few stories out. Uh, do you, have you always wanted to drive trains? Uh, no, um, it kind of just happened. Um, when I say happened, like it's a really long uh, recruitment process from the time I applied to when I got the job was 13 months. So it didn't really just happen. But wow, um, yeah. Now I hope I hope I'm not giving too much away, but I um, I suspect you identify as a woman. Is that correct? That is correct. Now what what's the what are the what's the ratio like for women in train driving? Is it is it a is it a high ratio or or not many at this stage? Um, in comparison to men currently, still less, but rapidly rising. Wow! And now okay. what was the, what were you, was going through your mind the first time you were taking the the train out for a ride solo? Um terrified like you, <laughs> you get into a into a comfort zone where you've got someone beside you mm. and then the moment you get given your keys and it's like okay there's your train it's like oh no I'm doing this <laughs> on my own I don't have anyone to talk to um it can get lonely sometimes as well oh because yeah, you're just sort of in your in your in your little cabin up the front are you do you, yeah. do you are you able to leave do you talk to someone we talked about taxi drivers the other day they're always on the little phone to someone <laughs> just having little whispered chats do you ever get to chat to anyone no we're not allowed to have any phones or radios or anything in the cab with us so you couldn't have the matt and alex podcast just blaring out the front Unfortunately not. Oh, no. Uh, well, I what? guess that is good that you don't get distracted. So let's um, get into the nitty-gritty here, Anonymous, yeah. because we've, it's a bit, this has been a lot of pleasantries, but why are trains late all the time? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, come on. What's going on? <laughs> I am so surprised that you guys asked. I didn't think you would even bother, <laughs> but here we are. Um, okay, so... Trains, when you're coming into, I guess, the big location where they all meet, a lot of lines merge into one. If one is late, they're all late. Mm. Um, and they can be late for, you know, the signaler might have had a nap and forgot oh. to let you through the line. Um, you might have had to pick up a few wheelchairs. That is one mm. thing that holds us back quite a lot because we actually have to do everything. Um, so we've got to get out, load them on and everything and let them off where they're supposed to get off. For that sure. It's a bit time consuming. Um, in terms of I guess cancellations as well. If the train's not safe, it can't stay in service with people on it. Um, it is a very uh, safety critical job. We have a lot of onus on us to make sure that we are driving the train safely and that the train is completely safe for, you know, you know, 1,200 to 1,500 people to be on it at any one time. Mm. Wow. And what do you mean by not safe? What could be, what could go wrong with it? Um, many things. I don't know. The brakes might stop working. Um, you might, so some of the trains run with, uh, they use air. You might have something rupture one of those air tanks. You lose air, you lose brakes. Um, you lose That sounds power. like a Hollywood movie, Anonymous. <laughs> Look, this train things, can't stop. <laughs> these things don't usually happen, mm. but they can. We do... I suppose, um, roadworthies on the trains every day. That's a part of our job. So we have to, I guess, prep the train, make sure that it is safe to go in service. Do you have your um, own one train or you get given one, you know, different days? Different days. So you might drive, I don't know, five different trains in one day. Whoa. Oh, yeah. okay. 
So pretty um, much you swap over and they're like, yeah, it's a good thing or it's got this wrong with it, just monitor it, that kind of stuff. Okay, but it right. should be fine. That sounds so, super concerning, but it's usually <laughs> fine. So let's, uh, let's get into a little heavier topic now. Um, dealing with a lot of public and a lot of people around, have you ever, I mean, what, what happens when there are accidents involving people? From our side of things, it happens very quickly. Um, You know, the line will be shut down immediately. Emergency services will be there. Um, We don't really stick around. We get taken away. Um, But they're, like, really on top of it. Um, Mm -hmm. We do get a lot of trespasses and stuff like that and, you know, police operations happening around us. So um, communication is key. Um, Drivers will be made known of things going on like that immediately, um, which which is good. And are you offered, like, support and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, we do receive quite extensive support. We have as long off as we need. Um, I, I guess it's, you know, every driver's different, every scenario is different. So it just depends on the person. Um, the company that I work for is really supportive of that because, um, you know, they understand that it is a part of the job and it is sometimes not a matter of if but when. Um, mm-hmm. So they're really good about that kind of stuff. For sure. Wow. Now let's let's talk about train routes, okay, moving aside a little bit. Do the train drivers that have been there for a really long time get to sort of get the pick of the best route, the most scenic yeah, routes? That's and what then I want to know. The other, like yourself, you know, coming up on your first year of train driving, you stuck running the industrial estate and Old all the Kent Road worst, out there. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else is up on Mayfair train routes. <laughs> Not really. To be honest, like there's a lot of like routes that we have to drive. There's a lot of train drives to go around. So like, if you think about how many services we have to run every day, it's not a matter of being able to pick and choose. You're kind of rostered what you have. Um, having said that, like, the more senior drivers are on a better roster, and then it kind of goes down from there. They're not um, doing the night trains, the Saturday night <laughs> night trains. Sometimes, if they like doing it, they do. All right, fair enough. Because, I mean, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, Anonymous, you know, like, if you as a young actor growing up, you know, fresh out of drama school, you look to someone like, you know, Chris Hemsworth, you know, leaving the oh, lofty mate. hills of, of Hollywood to, you know, live in a $24 million mansion up in Byron. You know, you look at him think, wow, that's that's what I would like my career to be like. What's Who's the Chris Hemsworth of trains? I don't know if there really is one. Like, to be perfectly honest, all those senior drivers might end up with a pretty shitty run every now and then. Um, so, I mean, it does keep it fair. Um you kind of, being young, you look at the older ones and you're like, oh, they've got it good. Like, you know, they must have been here for ages. And um, strangely... Why do they, they, why do they got it good? What, what makes what, what makes a driver get it good? Um, they might not have to get up at 1am and walk around a train in the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah, fair cool. Yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> not pleasant. What about the, uh, um, the Hemsworth <laughs> of train routes? I mean, I caught this Trans-Siberian Express, which is, uh, that's a big one. It's like, is every train driver trying to get on the garn? What's, uh, what's the... <laughs> What's the uh, the Hollywood train tri- drive in Australia? Quite the opposite. I mean, <laughs> oh, for the really? people that I know, you want that run to be as short as possible. Oh. That, like, you want to be done. Like, get there, get back, cruise hours. That's what you want as a train driver. <laughs> Do you ever run into people who just love trains so much? I remember in high school, there were a few people who just loved trains so much. Um, do you ever get stuck in a conversation with people who likes trains a lot more than you do? I haven't been stuck in a conversation with 
once. They actually have a name, so they're called Gunzels. Gunzels? Gunzels. Yeah, so that sounds really weird. So that's like a train fanatic. Gotcha. Good. Um, they are the amount of times I've driven into a station and there's like someone there with a tripod set up taking photos. Like they're not exciting <laughs> trains that we drive, but that's fine. That's right, because um, on the station there's at the front there's that video screen you can look at to make sure everyone's boarded and stuff. Do you ever see some yep. weird stuff on that? Um, especially if you work the night network, you see some real weird things. Um, I'm very naive. So I see um, things that I think are handshakes, friends saying goodbye, but they are, I, can't, I don't know if I can say it, like illegal happenings, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Those right. illegal handshakes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh, he's saying goodbye to his mate. And then it's like, no, he's not. <laughs> Well, what's your what's your relationship? He's saying, That's a goodbye to to his mate. <laughs> what what is your relationship with some of the uh, you know? Because I, I like I never did this, but I knew people certainly in high school who uh, street artists <laughs> who um, make it a very much a point to like you were talking about before trespass and paint trains. What is what is the relationship between the driver? And the graffiti artists, do you, how much do you hate them? Very much so. Um, they, I don't know how they know what they know, but they know how to stop the train in the middle of the section. There's a way that you can stop it from the outside and they know. What, so what do you mean? It's, oh, so hard to explain without getting like train terminology. Yeah. There's, there's emergency, emergency sort of stops stop on, the on the outside, outside of the train. They know where it is. So they will, you know, at a platform, pull it and you're like, oh, cool, I can't go anywhere. It gives them time to do what they have to do and run off. I thought they'd sneak into the depot and, like, spray it in the depot, but you're saying the train's running, they disable it, spray, yeah. and then you got to go and fix it up and go off. Yes, that's exactly what happens. Those dirty scoundrels. I mean, like, and then so when you get back, do you, like, sort of, is it like a movie? Do you throw the keys onto your desk and the boss comes in and you're like, I got tagged again. And then they go out and sort of you survey the damage. Is it? Is it like, does everyone at the station hate them? I mean, at the depot hate them as well? Yes, but it's kind of more like, uh, there's kind of a little saying, it's not my train set, I just play with the trains. So <laughs> I don't really care that much. I'm like, oh, yeah. They graffitied the train. I'm going home. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's pretty chill for me, but, like, they're, they're pretty ruthless. Like, if you're driving around night network, you pull up to a station, they will run out of the bushes, like, in the cover oh. of the night and, like, spray, spray paint the whole side of the train. Like, it's insane. That's like, how many so people rough. are we talking in one go? Oh, maybe four max. Like, they're not in huge gangs, but, like, yeah, it's pretty... It just happens, and then they just scan real. Anonymous, we thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us. It really is incredibly insightful into the world of trains. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share before we let you go? Look, if we're we're late, it's usually not the driver's fault. If a service is cancelled, it's not the driver's fault. Mm -hmm. So Nothing's the driver's fault. We get it. You're perfect. Pretty much. Like, you're right in saying that, but (laughs) I haven't copped any... uh, mean words, but just be nice to us. Okay, great. We will <laughs> do. Right, we'll do. We're all aboard next time we uh, catch you. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Catch you later. See ya.
Uh, Matt got a little bit nervous talking to a train driver there. Oh, so. you know, I just wanted to <laughs> toot toot, I. I choo choo choose you, <laughs> uh, which is pretty good. But please, um, it's so interesting every week talking to an insider. We don't care what industry you're in. Just let us know on the uh, Matt Nelly's Instagram. Please send us a message. Let us know uh, what you do. Uh, we've got, you know, could we be teachers, mechanics behind the scenes of there? It'd be really interesting. Um, mm. Please get in touch and uh, we'd love to uh, check out your industry next week. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. It was a big day yesterday, Matt, having a chat about nicknames. We briefly became brand new radio presenters, Sandy and the U, uh, which was pretty good. We did think afterwards as well, like Alexander, that could have been Durr and you. Durr. Uh, and you. <laughs> but uh, it, it was great to embody those people for a, for a small time. But um, it did prompt a fair bit of talk back, and we're going to get into a few other nicknames with people right now, including Kim from Gippsland, from the land. How are you, Kim? Hey, good, thanks, guys. Yourselves? Not good. Good, thanks, I mean, Kim. Not, good. Was... not too bad. <laughs> I'm good. Take your pick. <laughs> um, uh, Kim, is Kim, is Kim short for something? It is, short for Kimberly. Oh, the uh, Burley. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my dad actually gave me the nickname Burley. Uh, back when I was probably in grade three. <laughs> That's the way. Oh, okay. Now yeah. <laughs> um, I'm looking at Burley on the uh, on the internet here as an adjective of a person large and strong, heavily built. Does that describe you? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Okay. My dad actually gave me the nickname based on Fish Burley. <laughs> <laughs> Do Just... you stank and attract sharks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, do you resemble a whole bunch of off prawns, um, <laughs> breadcrumbs that he just throws out? The chum? He should have called you. Did he call you chum? No, not chum. He thought Burley would be a bit more insulting, so yeah. we'll go with that one. Kim Burley. And did it catch on? Do other people call it, you that now? It did, yeah. So it actually came about. We used to go on fishing uh, trips tr- quite a lot, and I'd always end up being seasick. And Dad would always say I'd make the Burley by being sick <laughs> oh, over the boat. God. <laughs> Burly making burly. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> lovely stuff, Kim. Or oh, should I say burly? Up. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks, Bells. Okay. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll catch you later. We've also got Georgia from Melbourne. G'day, Georgia. Hi. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Georgia. Now, you had a problem with a certain game. Yeah, so it was like a, a Disney kids game, and the first thing I had to do was enter my name. So I wrote Georgia, and it wouldn't let me submit it. And when I looked, it had... G-E, and then four asterisks, and then A. It had blanked out the O-R-G-I, like orgy or something. <laughs> oh, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, like not even spelled right, and I, I couldn't submit my name, so I thought, how about that for a nickname? <laughs> orgy. So what, now you're or- oh, orgy. <laughs> <laughs> you and Mate, Sandy, you so, orgy. <laughs> so just getting on the... Of the thing, so it's a Disney game, so they would have made sure that no offensive or sexually suggestive words can be inserted into the game. Yeah, I guess, and they covered all bases by making it like even misspellings of them not working. <laughs> yeah, because O R G I A is not 
An like, orgy does not make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unless it meant thought you were spelling orgiasm or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe. <laughs> George, Georgegasm. No, it doesn't Organ. work. No. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Anyways. Well, uh, so is, was it was your nickname Orgy? Um, no, thankfully. Have you ever been in an orgy? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the other way you can get nicknames. If people, like, walk in and catch you in, in a thing, you could get that nickname from then on. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's a person who had the orgy. Hey, orgy, what's up? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, all right, well, hopefully uh, other people have better, better, better luck with playing that Disney game. Hope their name's not Richard. Um, putting in a nickname there. Anyways. Yeah, hard. That would be no good. All right. Thanks very much for that one, Georgia. We'll catch you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's interesting that Disney would do that because I went to see the premiere of Star Wars, right, Matt? Yeah. Um, When the final of the new latest trilogy came out, okay? Big IMAX thing pre-COVID. And they were serving up cola, okay, but you could print your own label. And so oh. Woods comes on and goes... Woods, and so she gets a proper Woods printed label on there, and um, in a certain cola font and everything. In the cola fonts, and you could yeah. you know have that to go into your movie and have a sippy of your cola and in the, co- the cola colors. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I went to write Rat Dog, yeah. on the cola, yeah, and they wouldn't let me. What? It wasn't allowed. It was one of the names that was banned. No. So I'm not sure if Rat was banned. I'm not sure if Dog was banned. I'm not sure if Rat Dog was banned. <laughs> Are but, you kidding me? But Dis- I'm not sure if it was Disney. I'm not sure if it was the cola company because Disney is doing Star Wars now. Yeah, because they're on. I can't believe this. And I wasn't allowed to put Rat Dog on there because <laughs> it was banned. And now Orgy's banned. Now Rat Dog's banned. I did end up getting Seshgram on there. With a- <laughs> I-, I slipped Seshgram past the keeper. But, um, yeah, there you go. Outrageous. Alex Dyson, uh, one of my favourite things before doing a show, a stand-up show, is uh, curating the house music. And our next guest on uh, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast is someone whose song I listened to over and over again on an entire national tour before my show because I absolutely love it so much and I still do to this day. The song goes like this. And it is by a group called The Meeting Tree, okay? It's called I Hate Myself. I Pay My Tax. I Pay My Tax. Sorry, it's, uh, I thought it was I Pay My Tax and then in brackets I Hate Myself. It was released uh, back in 2015. Um, and one of the people who created that song, okay, since then, even since just last year, has had a pretty significant change in career. One of the all-time pivots, we'll call it, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so as someone who used to grace our stages as a uh, producer, part of the One Day Crew, part of Meeting Tree, his name is Raph Dixon, and we'd like to welcome to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hello, Raph. Uh, hello. Thank you for the introduction. When you said that one of your favorite things to do is like curate playlists and joining us today, I thought you were going to say is a guy who just loves curating things. You know, he's just <laughs> a curator. Well, Raph, we do want to talk to you because it is this interesting w- way that you're able to uh, to 
you know, take your career in a different direction. I mean, before the meeting tree, I remember chatting to you and uh, you were a social media manager for a few different pages. That's true. Yeah, Better Homes and Gardens, uh, Home and Away, a number of, yeah, the, the Channel 7 assets. I was a social media uh, manager. <laughs> were you really? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You're telling me you're, you're doing, posting out tasks of Better Homes and Gardens and then on the weekends getting on stage saying, you know, singing Are You a Cop and talking about... <laughs> Gosh knows what you've been up to on the weekends. Uh, yeah, and and well, in some ways, continue to do so. You know, <laughs> like uh, I guess the elephant in the room is that yeah, I now like sell cat food. Um, but you look, we've the music career also like whilst it's no longer front and center. Um, you guys were obviously around during the heyday, glory days of the meeting tree. Aria nominated best urban release, twenty fifteen. Yeah, I mean, I know Godfathers of Australian Dance Music. Um, <laughs> friend of Chet Faker, you know, that we had a lot said about us. But yeah, you guys were like, but nowadays, you know, I'm a little bit older. The music has taken a little bit of a backseat, but it's still there. It's still ticking away. You know, at my age, it can't be front and centre. We've got Capture Beer Human Right coming out soon. So I'm still, you know, slinging. Uh, wait, wait. Is it, I've got pet food on the mind. So did you just say cats should be a human right? Oh. No, CAPS, C-A-P-S. Sure, you're right. right. Baseball okay. CAPS very should be. You're absolutely right, Raf. Good work. Um, uh, but let's let's reminisce a little bit before we get into what you're doing these days because it is a, you know, it's an interesting check-in for people. You know, we've worked, we interview a lot of musicians on the show and so, yeah, we talk about music a lot, but these side projects are good. But let's go to the to the heydays where I'm standing and watching you and your bandmate Joyrides absolutely rocking the mosh pit at Groovin the Moo Tour 2016. Okay, I had the unenviable task of trying to get a crowd ready for what was about to happen on stage. And then you came out. Can you tell us about what it was like, you know, playing these big shows around Groove in the Moon and the like? Look, I have to be honest, that was like a highlight of my career um, closing for you. Um, no, but gro Grooven was, Grooven was, I mean, that was all time. You were there. Um, playing in front of a big crowd, especially with like the meeting tree, you know, that started... I'm going to be honest, like as a bit of a joke, right? And who amongst us hasn't made a career out of a bit of a joke? That would have um, Yeah, we're, we're still doing it daily from 6am. Um, <laughs> uh, Honestly, Raf, we did Australia's Got Flatulence. <laughs> we, that was, that's out there now. We so, cannot undo yes, that. Everyone in this room lives by that. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's one of the highlights. I mean, do, are there any stories from that tour? I can't remember. Oh, mate, there's a few stories. I mean, I happen to play cricket with, right now, nowadays, um, with Jorad and also uh, the producer of Like A Version. And the meeting tree at the time, you might remember, was uh, when you boys were hosting uh, Like A Version, the meeting tree was asked, you know, would you like to come in and do a Like A Version? Hmm. And we suggested, we had a kind of an ongoing relationship with Chet Faker, one-way relationship with Chet Faker. Um, my, my bandmate went viral for um, suggesting he should... Um, uh, how do I put this politely? How, what, what's the rating of this podcast? We can beep uh, things. We can <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. It suggested he, he should on the red carpet of the Arias and that kind of went viral, et cetera, et cetera. No, yeah. no anyway. I think, yeah, just there's got to be a comma in there in which <laughs> on the red carpet of the Arias, he suggested that yes, rather yes. than doing <laughs> it on the red carpet in front oh, of the photo wall. I thought wall. you meant he wanted to do it on the red carpet. No, 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 no. He was interviewed like on the stunt. red carpet and he said something rude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, he said something rude. Anyway, whatever. So that's the backstory. Like we've got this relationship with Chet Faker. He, we suggested that he was a cop and let's be honest, some of the Meeting Tree fans 
Well, some argue that they took it too far. I think they took it the right amount. Um, in Mexico, for example, someone was holding up a sign at a Chet Faker concert saying, like, are you a cop? That was enough Was enough from his perspective. He told us to stop. He told our ma- His management told our management to stop. Anyway, <laughs> to try and build a bridge for that relationship during this Groove in the Moo tour with you, we were asked to do like a version and we suggested that we do a Chet Faker song, as you will both remember. I think we found about about this later. I don't think we were aware of it at the time. Well, I think we found out uh, later on that this was going on because uh, contrary to popular belief, Matt and I don't have any input on who plays like a version. <laughs> well, at the time, we didn't realise that, so I was leaning on you pretty heavily. Um, <laughs> You were dropping names um, anyway, uh, constantly. <laughs> so you wanted to play Chet Faker's song. What happened? We were told maybe to pick another song, but we were quite adamant. We, um, the Rubens were on that tour with us. We were having a great time with the Rubens. Um, Sam from the Rubens was really keen for us to do it. He said they just they just won um, number one Hottest 100. And so Sam said, uh, you know, um, I'll, I'll be on it. They can't say no if I'm on it too, right? So <laughs> we did. suggested... They did say no. <laughs> they, they did say no. Yeah. We sent a demo. Off. Yeah. They still said no. Pick another song. And um, now you're... And um, it says here you're selling cat food, rap. <laughs> so... Um, well, what's Nick doing? What's Mr. Murphy doing? <laughs> so uh, that showed Chet Faker right there. Up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, he's not on this podcast, boys, is he? <laughs> That's true. That's true. That he hasn't been a guest yet. We, we did but, invite him on. Um, he said no. So, but have um, you have you made amends with, with Chet yet? We're considering doing a, a joint tour with him. Like we are. We're considering it. <laughs> he hasn't heard about it. Doesn't <laughs> not know. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> well, here it is, Chet. That's the the, the uh, first ask is out there. Uh, yep. Your response is waiting. Um, Raf Dixon, we do want to. We we brought you on to chat about what you've this new venture that you've taken on. Twenty twenty hits. You've you decide music dies. Put down, Live yeah, music, music dies around a, around dead. the world. Mm. Finally, mm. the rabid dogs are eating its remains by the roadside. <laughs> And, and you think, look hello. at those you look at those dogs and think yeah exactly and think there's a business in this. So tell us what tell us about sosa.pet. Okay, so well yeah, honest story is that like I'm a cat owner. Um I have been a dog owner previously and I've always found it super annoying that like buying pet food I run out. I run out of pet food and I, I've always thought like there's to be more people like me who run out of pet food and have to go to the convenience store and buy them. And it would be great if that if I didn't have to do that at all, if just the right amount showed up. I've had this idea for a for a pet food delivery subscription thing. It, it took a while to launch in the end. I mean, we, we were testing for about a year. You've got to test these things, make sure you don't kill any cats um, with the food itself. Oh, okay, testing the That's food. Number for one. Sure. The idea was just to make it simple so you're not going down in this bloody rain to the uh, servo, you know, at, at nine o'clock at night, because if you've gotten uh, your pet food. So you, you sign up, you give a few inf- a bit of information about your pet, their size, their age, um, and then... Their you fussiness? Get a, a, Do you have to put in their fussiness? <laughs> well, you have the option for a variety. If you're, Some pets like variety. Mm. Um, so for an extra f- six bucks a month, um, just, <laughs> just tick the variety box. And um, yeah, then it rocks up and next month, credit card gets, gets hit and um, 
another month shows up. You don't have to do anything. It's just there every month with a scoop that's the right size scoop for your animal, blah, 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 blah. It's just uh, makes life very easy. Sosa.pet online if you want to have a look at it. Thanks very much, Raf, for uh, letting us know about Sosa.pet. Check out the meeting tree for some, uh, some tracks. In it. Is there new music coming out? Uh, yeah, there might just be a new, just a new single after all these years. Why not? Thanks, wow. guys. Really appreciate yeah. it. Good to see you both. Awesome. See you later. See you next time. All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm-mm. We are out of time here in the all day breakfast studios, but we will catch you next time. We're not have much to leave you with today other than to say, Matt O'Kine, um, after the controversy in federal parliament re- recently, we should probably um, re-emphasise not to pleasure yourself in your boss's office and take a photo of it. Um, not the best move there. Just a public service announcement. Yeah, very. we're very glad we have to make those sort of uh, announcements. It is like one um, of those signs you have to put up. You're like, we didn't think we'd need to put up a sign, <laughs> but here it is. Just to make sure there's absolutely no... Yeah, if you're thinking about it... Maybe don't. That's all we need. Okay, we're done. Goodbye. Bye. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.